What is up, you guys? It is currently 2 o'clock in the morning here in New York, where I am from. I am your host, Amanda, and I am eating cookie dough on my windowsill currently next to a sea breeze candle that I paid way too much money for at Stop and Shop. Welcome back to Sex Escape. I know last time we talked about first times and having sex for the first time, do's and don'ts, self-grooming and stuff like that. But today I kind of want to go on the complete opposite end of the scale. I want to go and talk about celibacy and abstinence for you guys and kind of get into some trivia towards the end to kind of learn about our bodies, what's normal and what's not. And before I start, I do want to address that I, guys, I am not a doctor. I am not licensed. All of these things are just my personal opinion. This is for fun. This is just me and my 22 years of experience culminated together into this little itty bitty recording that you're listening to. So take everything that I say with a grain of salt, if that makes sense. I am so glad that you guys are here. Welcome back. And let's just take a deep breath because the world is still crazy and let's just share this experience together. Let's laugh. Let's talk. Let's crack into it. Okay, guys, let's go. So let's start off with celibacy and abstinence, and let's start with defining the differences and the similarities between them because, like I said, I'm just culminating all of my 22 years of experience in this podcast, and I just learned what those two meant and what their differences are. I actually was using them wrong and it's actually quite common because I did recently go on a journey of self-love and abstinence and celibacy and you know not having sex and really just listening to myself and it wasn't depriving myself, it was more loving myself and giving my body that break that I didn't even know that it needed. So celibacy celibacy from what i have seen is more of a religious aspect to it um you know you can to make it easier you can think more of like i know it's kind of stereotypical but like a nun you know nuns they take their vows to god to christ they join the convent and they don't marry they don't have sex so on and so forth or for a little bit of a more modern take on it, you can think of just someone who you know who's really religious who says, hey, I'm not going to have sex until marriage. So what I'm trying to say is that celibacy is usually um, an act of not engaging in sex by choice, uh, usually through a religious aspect to it, and it can either be lifelong, like what I said with, you know, being a nun, taking your vows and living your whole life not doing that, or it can be not having sex until marriage, so it's not lifelong. So that's celibacy. Now, abstinence is a little different. Even though that they both do mean not having sex for a certain amount of time, abstinence is still a choice, obviously. Nobody's forcing you to do any of these. But abstinence is more of a shorter time period. Um, You know, we're all getting flashbacks to our high school health and sex ed teacher going, you know, abstinence is the only way that prevents pregnancy, which is so beyond outdated in my personal opinion. But 
yes, abstinence is more, how do I say this? Abstinence, um, from what I have seen, it is a lot of times just involving penetrative sex. Of course, it varies from person to person, what they believe in and what they want. But um, what people and uh, sex therapists and OBGYNs and, and, you know, people in that field like to call outer course. So when we say outer course, we're talking about oral sex, oral stimulation, um, hand stimulation. So, you know, using your hands and and masturbation and stuff like that. Um, Outer course, when you're absent or engaging in abstinence, is usually still on the table. You're just not having what we like to call penetrative sex, so you can imagine what I mean by penetrative. Penetrative meaning that penis is going to vagina or fingers are going to vagina or, you know, um, if there is a queer sex going on between a man to man or a woman to woman or anything in between, you know, nothing that is penetrating a barrier, um, usually the vagina, the anus, uh, anything like that. So that's kind of the differences that I want to get across to you guys because um, it's it's really important um, and what I found it to be really important when I was trying to explain to people why I was um, engaging in abstinence for that time being, um, to use the correct terminology and to be able to differentiate and also you're not always going to get everyone to really understand and especially coming um, from a 22 year old's standpoint, you know, this is supposed to be the time when, uh, you know, you're in college and it's supposed to be, you know, your sexual prime of, um, experimenting and, and, you know, screwing like bunnies and stuff like that. I mean, at least on my campus. So when I talked to some people about it, they were like, why would you ever do that? You know, I want to give you guys, um, I wanted to give you guys that rundown so you would be able to kind of explain what it is and um, basically just have that education to be able to give on to somebody else. And while I'm still on that topic of people not understanding you, if you do tell someone, whether it be someone you're interested in or a friend or even a family member, I had family members being like, you know, I'd be like, hey, uh, so-and-so in my family, I'm actually being, um, I'm engaging in absence right now. I constantly want to say um, I'm being absent, but that sounds like I'm disassociating mentally, so I'm really trying not to say that, so I apologize, guys. Um, yeah, and they'd be like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Or they'd be like, I don't want to hear about that. That's your business. It's gross, whatever. I don't want to hear about your sex life. Or I even had my best friend being like, yeah, okay, we'll see how long that lasts and kind of not take it seriously. And then some people would be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why would you want to stop having sex? It feels so good. Um, you're going to get people who don't understand and it kind of goes along with You know, I've always had this kind of idea in my head or this basic mantra that, um, especially just in life, that not everyone's going to like you or better yet, there's always going to be at least one person who is not a fan of you. And this kind of, in a weird way, ties into that. There's always going to be someone out there. You could have a million people being like, oh yeah, abstinence, that's that's cool, go you, or like, 
all right, I respect that. Uh, go off, <laughs> go off, sis. Um, you know, there's there's always gonna be that one asshole who's gonna be like, what the fuck, and basically. You just have to stand your ground, you know, just calmly explain or don't explain. You have the right to do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, try and use those tools if you want to, to kind of get the point across. But just be weary that there are going to be people who aren't going to understand. And that's completely not only normal, but okay to let go of that. Because when you go on a journey of whether it be celibacy or abstinence, whichever you choose, it's your journey and your journey only. You know, uh, like I said, I had family members that felt weird about it. I had best friends who felt weird about it. And it's easier said than done, but I didn't let it phase me because I know that at the end of the day, their opinion um, is on something that's not theirs. Um, My body is not theirs. So at the end of the day, as long as I'm happy with my decision, that's all I need. Okay, so now we have that done. And if you're worried about, you know, uh, tracing back to the high school sex head, you know, those, you know, freaking flashbacks, you know, that wake you up in the middle of the night of your health teacher saying, you know, it's the only way to not get pregnant. I do want to share with you guys that that is extremely outdated, like I said before, and it's honestly not true. I mean, it's true to an extent. Now, if you are scared, um, this is going to apply to women, men, I'm sorry. Keep listening. I promise I'm going to be talking about you later, but I'm going to be talking to the women um, for a moment uh, because we are the ones that carry the babies. I'm so sorry, (laughs) men, but we do that. Uh, So ladies, um, Yes, it is true that if you want to have a surefire way of not to get pregnant where you don't have to be in any way scared of there might be a 1% or 2% chance even, yeah, not having sex at all. You don't do it, you can't get pregnant. That's true. But with modern medicine and modern technology, there are so many other ways of preventing it. You know, the old the old, uh, old reliable condoms, you know, but still people are kind of, I've been seeing there's been like this movement lately of people who are like, oh, it's a sensation thing, or I just don't want to use them. It takes away from the mood and touching your partner and all that. There's also birth control pills. And I've seen women also be like, it makes me gain weight, this and that, which is all true. And all these are valid reasons, but you know, do your research and and uh, if you're going, basically what I'm trying to say is that if you're going celibate or you're starting your abstinence journey, don't do it because you don't want to get pregnant because there's always certain ways um, that you are able to have sex uh, without the fear of getting pregnant. You know, like I said, with pills and condoms and there's other stuff like diaphragms and other things like that You that you can look into. Have a discussion with your OBGYN. If you don't have an OBGYN, do some research, hop on the computer. I mean, I even, if you have a close relationship with your mother, your sister, or even a good friend that's a girl, um, I asked my mother uh, when I believe I was 18, for the number of her OBGYN. We actually, it sounds weird, but it's really not. We go to the same person. So, uh, because she's a family friend of ours, if if that makes it a little less weird. So, you know, go talk to them about it. 
And basically what I'm trying to say, I know I'm rambling, but make sure at the end of the day that if you say, hey, I'm going to try celibacy, I'm going to go on the road to abstinence, make sure it's for a reason um, more than someone is or people are scaring you that you're going to get pregnant or get a disease because there are ways to prevent it. Go on that journey because you want to, not because you're scared about what will happen if you allow yourself to experiment and explore your sexual self. Like I said, I went down this journey because if we're going to get into a little tangent about why I went on mine, you know, I've been having sex since I was, let's see, 18. So I lost my virginity in college um, to someone who I thought was okay, and they actually weren't. And I, unfortunately, and I and I know a lot of girls, this happens too, and even guys, they, unfortunately, by a bad stroke of luck, you just fall down this rabbit hole of just bad sex partners or bad boyfriends, bad girlfriends is people that don't respect you or cheat on you or something and that's not the case for everybody you know somebody can be in a long-term relationship for years and years and years and the sex could be great and um or you're working on it and um it got better or something like that but unfortunately what i'm trying to say is that i fell down a horrible horrible rabbit hole from the ages from 18 to 22 so that's a long time to kind of be in this disappointing horror cycle so So about a month ago, I did tell myself, hey, I'm going to engage in abstinence. I am going to be telling people. And the reason why I'm doing it when I explained it to people was that I wanted to not only break this cycle, but I also wanted to give myself the respect that I was lacking for myself. And that's another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Self-respect. And if you're lacking that respect, you know, self-wise or you're you feel like you're not getting respect enough from your partners this could be something that would be really good to try and you can try it indefinitely you can try it for a week you can try it for a day i don't care it's completely up to you but i felt like i was almost being used unfortunately as a woman um we in the society in america we are seen as more of these sex objects that are only kind of around to please men or Um, that's kind of what I've been around Um, maybe it's a maturity thing with the age ranges that I've uh, been with you know young adult you know 18 to 22 um, even you know 23 24 I mean it's and it's obviously not like that uh, everywhere it's not obviously like that with every single guy just like I said unfortunately in the rabbit hole that I fell down and it got to a point where I really just started to feel like almost like It sounds disgusting, but when I would tell people, I'm like, I feel like this, when I'm having sex, I feel like this emotionless sex doll. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I felt like, like, for example, I'm not saying something feels good to my partner, whoever it may have been, because it did feel good. I was saying it felt good because oh, that's what I'm supposed to do because I'm supposed to make him happy rather than focusing on making both of us happy. You know, sex should always be about both partners and not just one or the other. You know, you both need to feel good. You both need to give consent. And let me give you a warning. All the sex was obviously consensual, um, but it was just at a point where I just found myself staring at the ceilings, kind of going, oh, yes, yes, okay, good, we're done, da-da-da, staring at the ceiling, going through the motions, 
kind of having that like porn star acting crap going on where I was almost putting on a show I shouldn't even say almost I was putting on a show that I was not enjoying and that I was really just sick of so um, I have gone a month now uh, I, I finished at a month I gave myself that month off and you know I took up other hobbies because you always want to replace it with something healthy um, because you know you get rid of a habit something will always come in place of it and that's what I've learned um, for no one who knows this. I do attend therapy. I've been attending therapy for many, many years. I highly recommend it because I am diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, you know, adjustment disorder. I have very mild OCD. Um, I have depression. And I've been working on that since I was uh, 17 years old. And when I talked to my therapist about that, they said that you know, you got to replace it with something healthy, otherwise it's going to be replaced with something bad. You know, when you do that, you need a replacement. That's just how life works. That's just how humans work. So I took up, um, my bank account would get drained, but I would buy flowers. Like I would buy flowers every week and I would water them and take care of them and trim them and kind of treat them as like, kind of like a little baby because I do not have a green thumb whatsoever so I was like hey I'm gonna get a green thumb this month I'm gonna learn how to take care of a fucking plant because if I can't take care of a fucking plant what am I doing with my life I'll tell you what I'm doing with my life I'm eating fucking cookie dough at 2 13 in the morning on my fucking windowsill next to my candle that I paid way too much money for and my buddha statue yes I have a buddha statue you should go out and get one too am I buddhist no do I like what the statue stands for yes uh, don't judge me. This is what happens when I'm up too late. You know, like I took a nap and and now I'm just freaking out. But anyway, back to the story. You always want to replace it with something that's good. So for example, I did the flowers or something like that, you know, get into, I also took a dance class. I, I got back into ballet after almost 10 years of, uh, I left my academy and I believe, um, nine or ten years old I was at an academy down at my hometown that was actually pretty well known um, as a ballet and jazz dancer I got back into that here at um, my school they were offering a class and I got my strength back up and you know just do something that positively reinforces your decision and and make sure to kind of keep track of your moods if you find yourself you know, really struggling to find something or you did find something and it's just not helping and you're just still, you know, kind of slumped and it's been a while, um, maybe try something different. Maybe try talking to somebody or something like that um, because I noticed that when I started with each week that passed by, given there was only four, but I got really happy and I was kind of like, not on cloud nine, but kind of feeling more empowered than I ever had, knowing that I could be asked to have sex um, from a male, usually, even though I am bisexual, I am uh, sexually attracted to men and women and have, and have had sex with both. Um, I could tell a man, and I did in that time frame, that they would say, hey, like, let's have sex, or do you want to come back to my place? And I'd be like, no, thank you. Um, I'm actually practicing absence right now, but thank you very much. 
Um, so yeah, just keep track of your mood um, and just take it one day at a time. You don't have to be like, okay, I have to make it this long. I have to make it a year. I have to make it a month. Because um, at first I tried to do that for myself and it was too stressful. So I said to myself, I said, take it one day at a time. And the last thing I kind of want to talk about, I know we've been going on uh, with this for a long, long time, and I appreciate you guys listening. I'm just really trying to get this through you guys because, you know, here's our little segment, uh, something that nobody ever told me in sex ed class that I wish that they told me. (laughs) Um, If you, for example, um, go celibate or engage in abstinence for a fucking day, that's your decision. Do not feel guilty or like you failed, like, oh, I only lasted a day, like, what a whore I am, like, no, don't, you don't have to do that, it's an experiment, it's a day-by-day process, it's not something like, um, for example, if I were to go to the gym, and uh, right now, right now we're in April, and I told myself by June, I have, June, whatever, I have to, um, gain this much muscle mass like it's not something like a goal like that if I'm making any sense it's it's a day-by-day process that you are allowing and that you can stop at any point it's not like it's not a goal it's more of a destination I guess that's what I'm trying to say I'm not making any sense but I hope that you guys are kind of understanding what I'm trying to say here but uh you guys are such great listeners. Thank you so much. Just, I really wanted to share that experience with you guys. Okay, so I'm going to keep this episode kind of short today. You know, we're in our second episode. Can't believe I made it this fucking far, guys. You know, with, um, oh my god, I just burped. Oh, excuse me. God, it's that freaking cookie dough. Uh, oh, oh god, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> such a lady. Um... Yeah, I just want to kind of keep it short today. We're already in episode two. Um, you know, you guys are still getting to know me. Uh, so I just kind of want to keep it short. So the last thing we're going to do today is we're going to do a little bit of trivia. And I know this is weird. And I said that to myself when I was planning this episode. I said, trivia is usually with another person and talking to me. But unfortunately, due to COVID, um, and a lot of people not being around me since I do go to a college where I'm not near my hometown and I don't have friends who live on this campus due to COVID. We're going to do this with kind of like a guessing game. Um, or maybe I'll just tell you guys the the answers and we could be like, we could talk about it. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so on and so forth. You know, I'm trying to make this as, as um, I'm trying to make this as immersive as possible through this tiny, tiny little phone I'm recording on. So uh, just bear with me, guys. And I really love you guys, everyone that's listening. And I really do appreciate you. So let's crack in. And I can guarantee you right now as I'm pulling this up that I'm not going to know everything on here. So if you don't know everything on here, don't worry, because that is what I'm here for. We're here to learn together, guys. I promise I'm not high. This is just what happens when I don't go to bed at a decent hour. (laughs) Okay, so let's begin. Okay, so I I actually didn't know the answer to this first question probably till I was in college. So the average size of 
an erect penis. So it's not soft, it's hard. So let's guess, shall we? So A, four to six inches, B, six to eight inches, and C, 4.5 to 5.5 inches. I'm going to go with A, guys. What do you guys think? I'm going to go four to six inches. Okay, four to six inches. Sounds good. Yeah, I um, I kind of found out um, in college that uh, usually the average size for a guy is like somewhere like five, five and a half. And let's just talk about this real quick. Guys who are listening, and this is when I'm starting to talk about you guys. I promise that I'd come around to you guys. If you guys do not fit that average, you know, what does that even mean anymore? I want to talk about something really important real quick. Um, and I get this question all the time from people, whether they be virgins or they're experienced, they're more experienced than me, they're less experienced than me. Uh, they go, Amanda, uh, does size matter? And I go, no. And here's why. Because I am more concerned and any rational woman will be more concerned about who the fuck is connected to that penis and the brain and the heart and the soul inside them than how big their dick is. So what I mean by that is you can have a monster penis. If you're an asshole to me and you disrespect me and you don't care about my feelings or getting me off or taking time to really appreciate me and working together as a sexual couple fuck you get out i'll i'd rather take the guy with the two inch micro penis who's a sweetheart than the guy with the monster dick okay Bigger doesn't mean better, guys. And I sincerely mean that. Every single time I tell someone that, they usually agree with me. So, ladies, guys, let me know what you guys think about that. (laughs) Okay. This is one that I love. Okay. Guys, do you think sex burns as many calories as running a mile? Yes, it does, ladies and gentlemen. That's why it is amazing exercise. Probably the only exercise that I have ever gotten in my life. Because let's be honest, I'm going to be so honest with you guys. I, in high school, um, that was the only time where I was forced to run track. And I am such a sneaky bitch. I used to fake running the four laps. If no one knows, four laps around a track is a mile. I used to fake running four laps and I used to only do like two and a half and I think my coach knew but like she was like this person's hopeless like she ran two laps and she's already on 14 minutes meanwhile people are doing four laps in like three so (laughs) I'm kidding they're doing four laps in like nine minutes but you get the drift so yeah if you guys are looking for some exercise during quarantine I know all the gyms are closed you're basically running a fucking mile if you have sex consensually Guys, let's kind of, and you know, uh, women who like women, you know, hey, um, high five, me too. How many nerve endings does the clitoris have? 8,000, 40, or 500? Now, the clitoris is located at the tip, 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 top. So it's that little nub in there that, you know, everyone raves about, you know. The clitoris is strictly for sexual pleasure if you did not know that it is the only organ on the female body that is strictly for sexual pleasure it has no other function like for example the vagina even though the g-spot is in there which is another erogenous zone what other function does the vagina have 
first thing that comes to my head, oh yeah, to push out a fucking baby. To contract and push out a baby when a woman is pregnant and she goes into labor. The clitoris has no other worries in the world than getting you off, ladies. So men, remember that. So 8,000, 40, or 500. Let's see who is right. 8,000. This is exactly what I'm meaning. For something that is strictly only worried about getting you off, it's going to have so many nerve endings. And that's why women are usually so sensitive on their clitoris. And that's usually why it feels so good. And you really need to know how to work around it. Go slow. Listen to your partner because there is also a thing as overstimulation where you can rub something too hard, you know, orally you can be sucking or licking something too intensely and it can start to actually feel really weird or even bad. So you always want to listen to your partner because you're working with 8,000 nerve endings there, ladies and gentlemen. You really got to be careful with each and every single one of them. Don't be afraid. Listen to your partner, read their body language and If you can't tell with their body language, just ask. There's nothing wrong with that. The sooner you ask, the sooner the embarrassment that you don't even need to be feeling will be over. Kind of on the same wavelength that we're on right now, what percentage of men and women are consistently able to achieve orgasm with their partner? A, 75% of men and 29% of women, 76% of men and 28% of women, 60% of men or 40% of women? Now, I know that was a lot. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess B, 76% of men and 28% of women. Okay, I was actually wrong. It was actually A. If you guessed A, you are correct. 75% of men and 29% of women are consistently able to achieve orgasm with their partner. Now, why is it so low for women? Because in my personal opinion, kind of on the same wavelength like I was talking about, you know, you need to be familiar with the, if you are having sex with a woman, same thing how a woman needs to be familiar with a man's erogenous zones, you need to be familiar with your female partner's erogenous zones. So like I was saying, the clitoris with the 8,000 nerve endings, you need to know how to work it in a way that will be useful and not overstimulating. You need to know how to um, stimulate the G-spot that is that is inside the woman um, through fingering or anything like that. Um, even certain positions while having sex can stimulate it. And in the next episode, we're kind of going to get into that because I don't want to take up too much time. I want to get through this trivia with you guys. But uh, yeah, if you're wondering why that's so low, that's my personal opinion and from what I've read up on. So yeah, just keep that in mind, guys. Um, unfortunately, women are having a rough time here. So uh, yeah, let's keep going. So this one's really, really important. How many men experience premature ejaculation? So what, I know that's such a scientific term and I hate sounding like a science teacher or a, or a sex ed teacher here uh, in high school. So basically guys and girls, that's when a guy, you know, shoots his load too quickly. That's when he comes too quickly uh, before, um, maybe before the sex is over. And I've experienced this so many times with guys and they're always so embarrassed. And it's like, guys, I don't care. It's totally normal. Okay, we're gonna get more into that. But first, do you think the answer is A, between 20 and 30%, B, between 35 and 40%, or C, between five and 10%? 
I'm going to go with A, guys, between 20 and 30%, because that sounds normal. And even though that might sound like it's low, that's a lot. Okay, guys, if you guess the same as me, between 20 and 30%, you are correct. Now, like I said, I know that sounds low, but that's actually a really big amount. And it's common in all age ranges. And it doesn't mean that you have ED, erectile dysfunction, or anything like that. Guys, it's totally totally normal it's not something to be embarrassed over it's not something that you need to apologize for and honestly if you have a partner that is making you feel bad over it um you know obviously you could joke around about it as long as it's okay with you but if you're having a if but if you have a partner who genuinely makes you feel bad about it Maybe you shouldn't be with that partner because I do know people that have been shamed for it, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Your body is just doing what it's supposed to do. You're not meant to be some porn star actor who always has control over everything to do because they're acting for a fucking camera and it's not real. This is live. This is not a porn set. This is not a movie. Your body's just doing what it's supposed to do and you should never have to apologize for that. All right, one really important thing. I didn't learn this till high school and I actually got so embarrassed because I said the wrong answer to this question and I was mortified because my teacher was like, who the fuck taught you that that was the answer? Because you are so wrong and you are so lucky that you were not pregnant. Meanwhile, little did they know, I wouldn't be having sex for probably another two years. So can you get pregnant during period sex? Yes, no, or maybe. Yes, guys, you absolutely can. And guess what little old Amanda said in high school? No, you can't because your uterus lining is uh, shedding and, and, you know, it can't hold the, the fertilized egg and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm stuttering because I don't even remember what I said and I'm also just like, ew, I don't even want to think about that. But yes, guys, you can. Sperm which are the little tiny swimmy guys, if you guys didn't know that, fertilize the egg and create a zygote, uh, which is a fertilized egg, that's a scientific term, uh, that latches onto a woman's uterine lining. Sperm have a life of up to three days inside of you. They don't disappear within like 24 hours or something because the female body needs more than a day to attack the sperm um and what i mean by that guys yes the female body and the white blood cells do attack the sperm that's why that's why usually only a few sperm only get to the egg to fertilize it even though millions and millions of sperm come out in one ejaculation by the time the sperm reach the egg there's only a few because The female body will sense a foreign substance. You know, we don't have sperm. So we attack it just like if a virus, a strange virus was in our body. That's why we get a fever because we we get a fever because the body is attacking something and is alerting us that something's wrong. So, but it's going to take three days for your body to fight all of it off. And in those three days, you still have a chance of getting pregnant because your period could end and there could be eggs left something like that you know you don't want to toy around with always use protection when it comes to that because you can get pregnant during period sex don't be like high school amanda and just go no you can don't embarrass yourself like i did (laughs) okay
So we're approaching 40 minutes here. I would love to do more trivia with you guys, but I want to keep this episode short and I'm also lazy and I really want to go to bed and my cookie dough's melting. I really got to get it back in the freezer because I just realized that I'm also over my heater. The cookie dough is getting melted. So, um, you know, priorities. (laughs) All right. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode episode three will be out in i'll say about a month from now we're still working on it and i really can't wait for you guys to hear it thank you guys so much for your support and everything and keep on fighting guys keep on believing in yourselves do whatever makes you feel happy and with my advice hopefully i've made you guys feel a little bit better about what you're doing in your sex lives and i will try and continue to do that for you guys all right I'm going to go to bed and you probably should too, unless you're not crazy and you're up at 2.30 in the morning. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to The Sexscape and I will see you guys on the next one.